Heart. You gotta have heart. Miles and miles of heart. What is heart? Heart is running through a return man when the game is on the line. Heart is giving everything you have in practice, day after day. Heart is finding the strength to run down the field one more time when you can barely breathe. The heart in me pumps Husker Red. Welcome, everybody, to a brand new, triumphant, and sorrowful episode of the Five Heart Podcast. My name is Greg Mahachko, and for the final time, I get to introduce the tripod. Oh, start tearing up, guys. I'm not even joking. Um, uh, uh, Coronation, uh, uh, the Five Heart Podcast, by the way, of course, uh, sponsored by Coronation. And uh, part of the SB Nation Podcast Network, I am Greg Mahachko, joined for the last time by Hoss Reuter, and for the not last time, because he's not going anywhere, our fe- our founder and fearless leader, John Dam Johnson. I'm all off my game. I uh, I knew that uh, the emotions would come. I didn't know they'd come right away. Uh, welcome, gentlemen. Uh, John, since you're sticking around, you first. How was your week? Oh, it's been fairly decent. You know, I mean, it's been uh, been another week of waiting to see what's going to happen for the fall, if we're going to actually have a football season or not, hoping and dreaming and uh, seeing more indications that things might be returning to normal, of course, until two weeks from now when we all start screaming about the infections on the rise and mass riots around the nation and that alien spaceship that's doomed to crash into the Statue of Liberty on june 14th and make us realize that we're all just living in a simulation and there ain't a damn thing we can do about it so you're doing pretty good yeah all right and uh you've been hanging out with randy quaid you know i uh, i i i I like that guy and hoss independence day reference yes you know wait i i had to have an announcement of my own I am now over one week without alcohol, or I'm sorry, one one full month without alcohol. Did I say that last week? Yeah. Okay. Congratulations. Which uh, is hilarious because we are celebrating properly. Haas has his, as always, pride and joy Coors Banquet, and my wife, who went to the store, she's been doing the grocery shopping at like six o'clock on Sunday mornings. She said, do you need anything? I said, I need one Coors Banquet. I said, I don't want many of them because I don't want to drink them. I said, just give me one. So she got me the biggest gosh darn one she could find. 24 ounces of pure Colorado Thunder. And uh, and we, we're we doing it for you. Coors Banquet? Yeah, they sell them in 24 ounces. I bought two on the way home from work today. What the hell? kind of weird. We're Greg, doing this. Crack that thing open. I just did. Um, yeah, this is uh, this is our farewell. I don't know how much actual Husker news we're going to have in this episode. Bear with us. Um, 
we're just gonna, you know, a lot of people uh, from Coronation want to, you know, and I say this, this is the wrong word, but I don't know of a better word. Uh, eulogize. Uh, uh, <laughs> Haas, as he, as he, you know, the uh, announcement came down last week. This is Haas's not just final episode of the Five Heart Podcast, but this is, you know, the, he's putting on his big boy pants and he's stepping away from uh, blogging and he's going to concentrate on being a full-time grad student at the University of Nebraska-Lincoln uh, with hopes and dreams and, and uh, of being part of the, you know, uh, Nebraska program. And obviously, you know, we'll say this again at the end, but we wish him well. But uh, just turning back the the clock a few years now, when and, and look, I think we mentioned it last week. We've talked about it before. When Brian went in the hospital, one of the things that I wanted to do was, I was like, look, if I don't keep the content going, Brian's gonna kill me. You know, because Brian was always, John, you know this as well as anybody, and certainly Jill, because she's going to join us here in a little bit, uh, you know, and, and she's stepped up in a big way. But Brian was about getting the content out there, you know, getting, whether it's about keeping the, the site numbers up or anything like that, the clicks and everything else, Brian just loved getting the content out there, and he was a big part of getting that content out there, but also making sure, hey, who's you know, what, what was it, the publishing schedule for the week that I know Jill really, you know, has, has had her hands on for the last couple of years. But he's like, who's doing what and when? And, we, you know, of course, we've heard the story now uh, a few times over the last couple of years. Uh, Brian, Brian was my door into coronation. Brian was Haas's, you know, he opened the door to Haas and so many uh, to, to come to coronation. So when Brian went to the hospital and he was unable to record, I'm not even sure if we did an episode that week. I think we did. Um, but certainly after, you know, I know we did because Haas, you even said, Hey, I'll, I'll step in, you know, for Brian while, while he's kind of unable to. And we didn't expect at the time and, and we had no idea. And, you know, heartbreakingly so that it was going to be, you know, become a full time position. We, shit, we, we all thought the, um, your house. The Brian was going to kick out, bounce back, and and uh, you know be his. I mean, we talk about John being a curmudgeon, but you know, John can't hold a candle to Brian when when Brian was fired up. You just stay out of the way. <laughs> but uh, um, so, but we never expected Haas to be a permanent fixture of you know the Five Heart Podcast. And then John decided he wanted to come on once. And then John kind of never went away. So what was a two man show became the tripod. A lot of people, <laughs> and, and we're we're better for it. I, I don't. <laughs> I didn't want to make any. You know, I wanted to make sure that you know you know how much we love and appreciate you. But Hoss, I think, and I don't know. You know, I, I don't think I've ever even told this to John. But there's a shot. I mean, there's a chance that without you stepping in and filling that void be it temporary, and then I think you even said to me right after Brian's passing is, hey, I'll, I'll step in until you can find somebody else. I think without you taking that step, I'm not sure the Five Heart Podcast will be here, you know, because with Brian being my door in, you know, and then, you know, when, when, when the conduit to your, you know, access kind of it, it 
in this case passes, but you know, if it passes all moves on, you kind of because I don't live in Nebraska, because I don't live in Lincoln or Omaha, because I can't, you know, and I know, John, you don't either, but you have the opportunity to get down there a little bit more frequently than I do, certainly. Um, but I, I feel like I'm, I still feel like I'm an outsider. And so, Hoss, without you stepping in and, you know, kind of pulling, I feel like pulling me back and bringing me back, you know, kind of full heart, you know, to, to coordination, I'm not sure that I'd still be around. So I got to thank you for that first and foremost. You're welcome. And, uh, it's, it's been a pleasure. And like you said, I thought that it was just going to be a temporary thing. And then I, I think a big part of it becoming a permanent thing was how eventful that season was in 2017 after Brian's passing. I mean, we were dealing with, you know, all of a sudden we're, we lost to Wisconsin, lost to Ohio State, we were just getting our asses ran out of the stadium. Riley was getting fired. You know, the rumors about Frost getting hired, you know, ramped up. And, I mean, it must have been sometime, it must have been sometime leading up to the Frost hiring that to me it was like, yeah, this is probably going to be a permanent fixture for the next few years of my life, you know sitting down once a week talking Husker football, Husker sports, God knows what else. And uh, it's crazy how, excuse me, um, it's crazy how fast time went. You know, it seems, it seems like just yesterday I was filling in on here, kind of just went for, I always felt like a guest there for a while and then just really settled in, got comfortable, you know, being on here. Those first few podcasts of me being on here were probably absolutely atrocious. Uh, but, you know, you got to learn, you know, if you're going to be good at something, and I'm not saying I'm good at this, best way to do it is just by learning. I think uh, the the moment that galvanized us, uh, you know, and, and, and you'd been on for a while, but and we, we joke about it now, but after that Minnesota game, you know, mm-hmm. when you were like, <sighs> and that started a whole new dynamic because – it used to be, you know, we'll record midweek, and and by and large, I mean it's Wednesday night now. But we, even during football season, we would record midweek. We'd spend about half the show or, or a little bit more talking about what we saw this past weekend. We spend, you know, a, ten or fifteen minutes talking about what we expect or hope to see, you know, the coming week. And uh, and right after that, you're like, let's record now. The hot takes are gonna fly, um, yeah. and and so because of that even though it didn't happen overnight, but especially after we, you know, formally became part of the SP nation podcast network and with John's help and, and John's leadership, we started doing these, you know, coronation reaction episodes, in, you know, either late Saturday afternoon or Sunday night after people all had a chance to watch the game. And, you know, it's just more content. And that would have been, that would made Brian very happy. I remember one, one podcast that for some reason really sticks out in my mind was after we lost to Wisconsin in 2018, Frost's first year. And I think I think we might have recorded like the next night, Sunday night for our reaction show, just talking about how we thought that there was a chance for us to rebound from being 0-5 to go into a bowl because we were that encouraged by what we saw against Wisconsin. And looking back on it, we didn't. You know, we still finished 4-8, and but – damn, we came close, you know, to doing that. I mean, like, you know, last second field goal against Iowa, you know, we were up against uh, Ohio State at halftime. 
had a chance to extend it to a 28-16 lead, but couldn't get it done, and Ohio State came back. Like, we both, those reaction shows, we both saw the potential that was there, you know, with a freshman, Adrian Martinez, and Frost's first year. I don't know why, that one sticks out to me. Um, the time that we had, uh, what's his name, Jeff Hauser from the Ralphie Report on in 2018. I think that was the first episode that John was on with us, and from there it just became a fixture. Because John told us about how much the 94 game day wedding of his, is it your brother or your wife's brother? You know, so my wife's brother. Yeah. So yeah, those are some of the ones that stand out to me it, as much as this sucks. I, and maybe then this is just a sign of how down the football program has been. I don't remember a lot of the good podcasts because they really have like good mood podcasts. Cause well, there hasn't really been many of them, you know, no, there hasn't. Unfortunately, no. No, that's a fair point, too, because if you think, you know, we haven't had a winning season since 16? Yeah, since 16. So and let me tell you, if we end up going to a bowl this year after I <laughs> step out of the five-part podcast, I'm sorry. I'm never I, yeah, because if you come back and we go if we go to a bowl game and you come back and we don't go to a bowl game, I'm going to hunt you fucking half down and kill you. The most wanted man in Nebraska. Right. So we, we sent out. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. We're going to be joined here, uh, as I think I mentioned at the top of the show, by other coordination contributors. Uh, of, you know, I, I'm looking forward to Jill and Paul uh, coming in. This is, we're all on Zoom. This is going to be just the crazy show. It's going to be the, my favorite type of show. I, we haven't done a show like this since we got together with. Uh, uh, Ryan and Pat from the Big Red Cobcast, and they're my favorite types of shows because I get to lay out, turn my microphone down, be interrupted by my son because it's almost his bedtime, and let everybody else do the talking. So, uh, but I, I'm excited. I before everybody gets here, um, Haas, you know that you always have friends at Coronation. You have my cell phone number. Should you ever need anything should um oh there's a, a james taylor song i'm gonna let john sing it okay and it would be what uh you've got a friend no man no, no, no. no. what about the toy story one you got, you a, got friend a friend in me, in me. Oh, God, <laughs> you got a friend in me and First we of are, all, nobody, after last week, nobody in Omaha is listening anymore. And then went the rest to everybody else. You yeah, I looked at the comments on the uh, Facebook post, and yeah, they weren't too happy. I I didn't. I, I stay out of the comment section. What they say? I'm curious. What One guy they, was like, "We should call an Omaha XFL team the High Buys because they don't last very long." Oh, those. Yeah, you're right. I did yeah. see those. Um, that was he, one of the biggest things that Brian taught me. Stay out of the comments section <laughs> yes. on your articles and on Facebook. And guess what? I did not listen to them. Right. I would actually get offended at a few people for what they would say. So Paul has joined us, at least uh, according to the computer. But Paul, are you there? I am here. I, hey. I, but I, uh, hey, I I don't have a, a webcam on this computer. so That's okay. You are forgiven. Well, so Paul... Think- 
Paul, you said you wanted to come on and do a lot of swearing. Well, yeah, that seems to be what I do best. <laughs> You're here. All right, so You're, so this is your this is your last things. chance to swear at Haas. I don't swear at Haas. Why would I swear at Haas? Well, because, because he's, he's leaving. I saved that for John. <laughs> John is not only our fearless leader; he's also our whipping boy. <laughs> You, you, you know, need to swear at him at least once. Jesus. Hey, are we recording? Yeah. Oh, yeah. We're live. We are. Oh, I mean, okay. we're not live. We're you know live to tape, as they say. I should have worn my through these gates shirt, John. You should have through these gates. Uh, a, a documentary from Lincoln native Ryan Tweedy. You can get that at. Uh, yes. Are you lifting up your boobs? Your saggy, flaggy man tits. Isn't, isn't that guy Ryan Tweedy like wanted in all ninety three counties in the state of Nebraska? Probably wanted yeah, for people okay. to uh, to buy him a beer. That's what he's wanted for. You're far kinder to Tweedy. <laughs> Love you, Tweedy, than John is. True. Yes, that's because we're sworn enemies. <laughs> I remember. I remember acting all mad when they left to go to Husker Max, and honestly, I couldn't care less. It's like, do you? Yeah. Um, I think it was a good. I mean, their market reach is 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 exhaustive. But from my experience on Husker, Husker Max, which went back a lot further than than coordination, um, I didn't see how the culture was going to mesh very well. And I think they gave it the old college try for a couple of years, but I, yeah, I could see how that, that relationship would fray, uh, significantly and rapidly. And it apparently did. So Husker Max and Husker board are some strange places in the internet. of Husker Does Husker board. board still exist? Unfortunately, yes. Um, I haven't been to Husker Board in like 15 years, but um, I still stop by Husker Max um, from time to time. And I don't think the demographic has gotten any younger yeah. overall. I still see the same names um, that I remember from like 1996. <laughs> so bunch of bunch of bobs from Brainerd. Yeah, and there's the run the damn ball guy. And I don't know. Well acquainted with the, that crowd. Paul. <laughs> Can what? you can you enlighten us because you and, and if I'm you know sharing secrets cut me off at any time but you uh, told the Slack group that you had spiked a little bit of a fever and as a I precaution did. you wanted to go uh, get the test done and since you know we don't really have a, a ton of Husker news to talk about and we're mostly sending uh, uh, Hoss away on a uh, on a Viking funeral. Um, tell us a l- <laughs> lighting him on fire. Well, no, we're you know we're. Oh I, man, you see this fair skin? I I, I don't tan. I'm burned. No, well, you got to think uh, it's a Viking funeral, but I'm the one with the flaming arrow that's trying to shoot the uh, the boat. So you're in good you're in good hands, knowing that I'm going to miss. So how about uh, you just uh, you're sending me off on the hero's journey? Yeah, we'll do that too. <laughs> Uh, but Paul, I just uh, didn't know if if you wanted to share a little bit of uh, uh, insight into the the testing procedure that you had to endure. Well, it 
Yeah, real quickly. Um, uh, I spiked a fever on over over the weekend. I think it was Sunday, and which is not that unusual for me, honestly. Um, but then I started getting concerned about it. Uh, or excuse me, on Saturday. But I started getting concerned about it on Sunday because I I, I never get sick. I mean, worth worth noting at all and then by monday and it still hadn't it still hadn't gone away um and i was starting to get pretty concerned about this so on tuesday morning i i went and i am fortunate let's let's say privileged due to economic standing and and geography and and uh, melanin concentrations um, to be in an area that has plenty of testing anywhere, any medical uh, facility I wanted to go to would just give me a test. So, so I did, and apparently um, got one of the last ones where they scrape your scrape your back of your brain. You had the um, nice frontal lobe massage. Yeah, Ugh. yeah. I think I think the I think the. I think the metaphor I used was like the the ancient Egyptians with the the opening of the mouth ceremony where they scoop the brain out with that hook. So that's what it felt like. Um, uh, well, it was unpleasant. Um, yeah, I'm not not relishing. Oh, th- th- thankfully they prob I probably won't have to go through that again. So, John, uh, um, in your younger years, how many of those ancient Egyptian brain pulls did you have to perform? Well, I did uh, hundreds, actually. Actually, I want to ask John a question. We've never brought this up on the podcast oh, since all this started. <laughs> John, since you're a time traveler, transcend and bend space and time, how was it being on the front lines of the Spanish flu epidemic in 1918? Do you have any stories that you could tell us, any parallels that you're seeing to today? Well, it was the same as it is now. People argued about everything. People politicized everything. People wouldn't wear a mask. They wouldn't wear a mask. They got tired of being socially distanced, although we didn't call it then, that then. Uh, you know, it, it, human beings never change. We're all the same people you know, all the time. You're all just, like, you know, scraping brains out with a hook, you know, 300 years ago, 1,000 years ago, 2,000 years ago, 5,000 years ago, and then this last week with Paul. We should also um, mention that uh, he's been sitting here waiting patiently to be introduced. Uh, Nate has joined the call. He joined a, a few minutes ago. Nate, what's going on, man? Where are you at in the world these days? Yeah, I'm still in Guadalajara, Mexico for now because of all the coronavirus stuff. I was actually supposed to fly back last month, but uh, then I ended up sticking around here. But I uh, have a flight out of uh, Mexico City in a couple of weeks. So I'll make my way over there, and then I'm hoping my flight doesn't get canceled. Are you in jail? <laughs> because no. it's the same fucking room. It's been the same room for like three weeks now. You're in jail, are you? You're just not telling anyone. Are, are we your no, one phone call? No, no, no. Yeah, jails don't have a comfortable bed like this one. So. I, I thought know. that was just like a scuff on the drywall. My That's what I thought, too. <laughs> there's, a, there's a light in the, There's a light there. Oh, yeah. No, I can see it. Up on the drywall. And, uh, so, so how's, li- how's life south of the border? Yeah, the things are no. The thing is, it hasn't, it hasn't really uh, ever been bad here. 
but in the last couple of weeks, there's been a, like, because I'm in Guadalajara, but there's been an outbreak in Mexico City the last couple of weeks, and it's starting to kind of, you're kind of seeing similar situations, kind of what's happening there to what was happening, I guess, in the U.S. before. And I guess it was only a matter of time because Mexico, the mayor of Mexico City wasn't taking it very seriously and the president of Mexico wasn't taking it very seriously. Whereas the the governor and uh, the governor in Jalisco, where Guadalajara is, he kind of took it seriously from the beginning, and I guess tried to implement some rules. And not everyone was following it, but I guess enough people were following it to the point where it didn't become like an outbreak or something like that. But and I think for the last month, it's like since like a, over a month ago, like if you went outside, you had to wear a mask. Yeah, but mo- obviously most people seem to have been following that rule. So good. I'll say that one uh, going back to that 1918 Spanish flu thing. Uh, there is always one commonality that you have with human beings whenever something like this happens, and it's the. Uh, it doesn't matter when it is, either the Black Plague, whatever that, the medieval times Black Plague, bubonic plague, the Spanish flu, the you know the Egyptian shit that went through and killed shitloads of their people back in uh, 2500 BC under Ramses. Uh, that was called God. People uh, come up with the dumbest ass cures for stuff, and people believe them because they're so desperate to eliminate their fears. I mean, you know, drink bleach, inject yourself with disinfectant, shove a life snake up your ass, put leeches on <laughs> or, your or body. don't inject yourself. You know, <laughs> they they come up with the the most bizarre. Cures and did you see these pockets of people around coming up with this stuff? You know. Hey, hey, John. Yes. You mentioned leeches, and I don't want to break the news to you, but actually, using leeches has a uh, has a very real medicinal purpose, and they still are used today in certain. They're they're actually sterile, and Asia. they will. Uh, okay, well, they're not used for viruses. They're used for cleaning off <laughs> dead skin, right? Yeah, and and some other things, but yeah, they're, but they're, we still use. Are they used now? Now I realize that that bleeding them to balance, you know, bleeding someone to balance the humors has probably sort of gone by the wayside, at least in most um, advanced countries. But it's, I don't know. We have a president that suggested we drink bleach. So what the fuck? I, I don't know. It happened. <laughs> maybe maybe, maybe we leeches. haven't gotten that. We we haven't advanced as far as I hope. You know, with Nate talking about people, you know, the response down in Mexico and John saying about whenever something like this happens, people do the same things. It reminds me of a quote from the water boy. Ain't all mamas the same. Ain't all people the same. You know, it's it transcends everything. People do stupid things. People talk about drinking bleach. Well, didn't that happen in Iran, actually? People were drinking bleach. No, that no, I think that happened in Missouri. Um. Ryan, that's actually a good transition to to why we're why we're all gathered here today to pay our respects to to Haas. Um, uh, I think that any future coach um, uh, who can uh, readily quote the Water Boy probably has a a promising future ahead of him in college football, and I just well, hope that yeah, you will remember really. us um, less, you know, poor unfortunate souls as you embark on your glorious new career i i definitely will uh, anytime someone from corn nation needs a interview you know or a guest on the podcast greg john you know 
or anything, you know, I'd be happy to oblige. Well, I mean, you're going to go through the SID. Listen, you're going to have to up it. I mean, if you got Mario Verduzco over there quoting like Aristotle and Plato and Socrates and shit like that, you're over here with the water boy, dude. You're going to have to read a lot more. Um, do you want me to recite uh, uh, no. the, Stoic, the Stoic teachings of Marcus Aurelius? No. Yes. No. Yes. If you do, you oh. have to do it in Latin. Oh, boy. Oh. <laughs> I might need another four years of school. Or at least another course banquet to fake it. Oh, but I got another 12 in this 24 silo. I better start drinking. Yeah, here's guy nursing over there. No, um, yeah. I th- personally, I think being a part of coordination gave me a greater respect for sports media, even though I can't stand how every sports journalist is obsessed with Bruce Springsteen. That's just something that really irritates me and bothers me. But sports journalism, like, it's a pretty thankless task. You have coaches and players that don't want to talk to you, and then the people who are consuming your product are just going to shoot holes in it the entire time, you know try to piss you off in the comments section. And there with the rest of our listenership. <laughs> well, that's why you never go to the our, comments. Our three, our three listeners? Yeah, you have fucking 10 or 20 of them I, left. So this is, I, I heard this on a podcast I was listening to earlier earlier today, and it says, and they said, one of the co-hosts said, look, 20% of the world is like bad people. And somehow they're all on Twitter. Now, that doesn't mean that everybody on Twitter is a bad person, but if you're a bad person, there's a 100% chance you're on Twitter in some capacity. Or, or tweeting more on Twitter. <laughs> oh, what's uh, what's Mike Ditka say? What do you say about Buddy Ryan? He's an empty tin, tin can, and empty tin cans make the most noise. Empty barrel. Empty barrel. Empty barrel. I like that one better. But we're going to take a break. And when we come back, we'll have more of the Five Heart Podcast. After this, don't go anywhere. I got to tell you, I, I started looking more at Instagram and all this stuff on it. My God, people just post fucking everything, don't they? Doesn't even have to be that interesting. It's like, uh, you know, he's died. Uh, well, yeah, the regular accounts, yeah. But yeah, the travel accounts, they're very fashion, they're very meticulous. And, yeah. John, I'm. I'm shocked that you haven't found like the Discover page on Instagram yet, and you know, gone digging around. Yeah, I started following all the Instagram models. Yeah, slide into their DMs. Yeah, ask them if they want to be on the podcast. Yeah, you f- find some, find some Husker, <laughs> find some uh, famous Husker Instagram models. <laughs> there, there you go, John. You you get the perspective of the of Instagram. There are two Husker Instagram models that I know of. Um, who's the who's the uh, who's the famous one? Um, uh, Gabrielle Union. Yeah, Gabby Union, and the other is Lil Red. So <laughs> I don't know if I've ever shared this opinion on the Five Heart Podcast, but since this is the last one that I'll be on, I just wanted to say I have an irrational hatred. For the little red mascot, oh, just my, absolutely my, want to see it, that go away. You know why? Because you're a bastard. <laughs> you know what? Get rid of. Get rid of. Recording this, Greg. Have you started recording this? You this fuckhead. <laughs> I never stopped. I was just about to welcome our listeners back to the second half of the show. 
but I haven't said anything for five minutes. There was a first app? Yeah, Patrick. Is that when everybody's trying to get on? Uh, No, it's when I cried a little bit. Oh. That's like every other. Five weeks, so it works. You know, I've never understood people that hate Little Red because I always consider them people that just. It's a a blow up doll. They want everything everything that. It's a blow up doll. Whoa. No purpose to it. Whoa. It's cute. It's fun. Children love it. It bounces around. That's, that's the only reason it's a mascot. Anatomically correct orifices. That's what it is. Welcome back to the Five Heart Podcast. Greg Mahachko here along with John Dam Johnston. And for the last time with his silo of Coors Banquet, Hoss Reuter. I also have a silo of Coors Banquet. I've been drinking it while everybody else has been talking. Uh, we hope that you enjoyed the uh, intermission there with uh, the return of Nate and Paul and the addition of Patrick. And Jill is here, too, although we can't hear her because she's muted. Her mic. Oh, there she is. Hi, Jill. Hello. And a thumbs up. I, picked, I don't have a Coors Banquet, but I picked a different yellow beer. Oh, that's, that's Approved. Approved. <laughs> I have a banana. <laughs> and he also has the fruit. Thanks for sharing, John. I got Bob Marley. This is like this is going weird places, Patrick. Oh my God! You're, you've got long hair and a bandana. John, while while we're on the topic of Little Red, I also want to say we need to get rid of the Steve Peterson inspired Herbie Huster and go back to old school. Well, how old school are you talking? I'm talking like the one in the '90s. I don't want to go the weird Harry Husker, you know. One. Oh, no, no, no. Harry's the, classic. The, the paper mache oh. corn cob thing. Yeah, the the thing from the fifties. That's better. Yeah. Than the, 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 the corn yeah, cob man that haunts my nightmares. Yes. yes, that is totally what we need to be stalking the sidelines. <laughs> you know yeah, what? Say, we can station. We can put him on the visitor's side, and he'll just walk up and stare at him. <laughs> Yeah, may, maybe uh, when we're playing. Sacrifice a chicken or something? <laughs> maybe we're playing. Like the head sure. off a bat? <laughs> the corn cob man can distract Jeff Brom from getting in a play call on fourth and one, you know, yep. at the end of the game, and we can finally win. The, the, reason, finally why we need, the reason why we need Little Red is that he first time does things. Okay. He bounces on his head. Yeah, I mean, look at our mascots. For God's sakes, what do they do? They do nothing, okay? The other one does literally nothing. He, he yeah. goes around and he points at people. I mean, when you watch, like, Minnesota's Goldie Gopher turn into a maniac and run around with people and have a ball with people, and then you look at our mascot and it's kind of like, oh, my God, don't do anything funny because some fucking person might get offended. Yeah. You know what, John? I think you're a closet Minnesota Golden Gophers fan. I think you should go out and look at other football programs and look at what other programs are doing to keep their fan base interested because they have to work harder because our fan base just shows up. And then oh, we yeah, like we need, we need to sell beer. Years and they're expecting the same fucking church service they get every week. And if it changes we- in any slight variation, it's like that – that shit ourselves and make phone calls. We need to go Our get John. University of Colorado has probably the hardest working mascot, and nobody goes to their games. Yeah, but um, that guy's having fun. When I, when I was in Boulder for the game, she does a good job. Year, 
seeing Ralphie run onto the field is what, hands down one of the coolest moments of being in a college football game. As much as I despise CU, like it was awesome. Mm-hmm. But John, how would it's you feel if we banned anyone in the stadium over the age of forty to make it not a church service? We could go get got, gritty on the free uh, on the free agents market. Yes, uh, I got two more years left. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Freddie has to be the best all sports mascot out there. I don't know who who is running the his social media accounts and sitting inside the costume, but the the stuff that they come up with for him is just flat out amazing. And I, it's a Flyers mascot, right? Yeah, the Philadelphia Flyers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great. Yes. No fuck about the Flyers. I know that gritty is worth the trip price of a ticket. <laughs> and I would go just to see Gritty. So and that's the, Nebraska, the kind of mascot we need. One so that just Nebraska doesn't version, give a fuck. So would the Nebraska version of Gritty be a guy who's in a ghillie suit who's spent the past 10 days in beer camp in mid-November? Um, That could work. Yeah. Something we'd like call that. Him, we'd call him corny. Reeks of bush light and like skull wintergreen, you know. Um, what ma- what mascot was it in 2010 that it attacked uh, Ohio State's Brutus on the field? Ohio. Remember? Oh, that's right. It was the University of Ohio. That's a Frank Solich doing right there. I missed that one. What we happened? Need a mascot like that. It was yeah, in the so- middle of the. It was pregame. It was right in the middle of the national anthem. Everybody was still, and the Ohio mascot, the Bobcat, came up behind Brutus Buckeye and just tackled him. <laughs> well, it's Ohio State. They deserve it. I shouldn't it's laugh because it did happen in the national anthem. But every yeah, other, that, yeah, that was kind of that. Yeah, that was kind of a foul. But was it a good hit? Oh, like I think he got him during the intro. Was it like? Was it like? Um, he came out and attacked him Levante during... David. Good. <laughs> Levante David on Silas Red, fourth and okay. one, State. <laughs> Rufus, yeah. the Ohio University Bobcat, took off on a dead run from the 15-yard line and tackled Ohio State's Brutus Buckeye at the 35. As Brutus and several cheerleaders led the Buckeyes onto the field. Moments later, several Ohio State players kneeled. On the goal line in prayer, Rufus attacked Brutus again. <laughs> is, this a ma- is this a story? Is this a mascot or a real bobcat? Well, here's here's this here's more of the story. If I remember right, the guy who was in the costume the previous year was the mascot, but had dropped out or got kicked out of school, so he wasn't even technically a student at the time when he was suited up as the bobcat. So the school couldn't even do anything against him. Damn. That guy just got legendary status. I hope he doesn't ever have to pay for a beer in his hometown. I'm, well, it's all about it's all about picking your shots. You know, it's all about picking your shots. Oh, I'll buy someone beer for the rest of their life if they go deflate the little red cop. Poke a hole in it. But I mean, maybe Little Red could tackle somebody. Maybe Little Red could bounce on somebody else's head on top of their head. You know what I mean? They'd bounce off of somebody if they tried to tackle them. There'd still be momentum. Oh, these are the types of uh, 
hard hitting conversations that I'm going to miss. Meanwhile, go ahead. You know what? I had a really great subtle troll of Ohio State on Twitter today, and nobody picked up on it. Well, it's probably too damn subtle. Well, and it, it was this. I was trying to make this poignant statement about 100,000 dead Americans. So naturally, I chose a picture of the horseshoe <laughs> to illustrate people that were alive and now are all dead. And nobody got it. And I don't know why. I I don't know. Too soon, maybe? I don't know. But, uh, man, I was trying to troll Ohio State fans and make a st- political statement, and maybe the two didn't work together. But hey, so speaking about filling up uh, stadiums or the lack thereof, uh, I think the number we heard earlier this week from Bill Moose is the the loss of revenue could be around twenty seven million dollars if uh, Memorial Stadium can't be filled up with uh, cheering members of the Sea of Red this uh, fall. Anybody else hear about that? Want to want to discuss that uh, in the realm of news this week? I mean, we haven't really talked to any Husker news because we're in a fucking quarantine. I think, I think $27 million was the number that Chris Hetty from the Omaha World Herald came up with, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was from the Chris Hetty article. Oh. Yeah. So was that, was, not from, was that not from the athletic department? I thought, I thought we had a number. I'm sorry. No, I don't think so. I think that they, they are just as – you know, I, I'm guessing it's going to be more than $27 million depending upon how many people they get in there. I'm just going to keep drinking my beer. You guys talk. I don't know. Right, there you go. Anymore. Good job, Greg. You drink that beer, you son of a bitch. Fans in the stands, fans out of the stands. I don't care. I just want football. Just I, play it. Yeah, I, I, just, I, I just don't see. Um, there was a, a, a doctor, um, virologist. I can't, I can't remember from where or what show I had it on, but she was making the um, – she made the point, especially talking about sports, that um, one of the worst things, or the 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 second worst thing um, you can be doing is yelling um, in a in a group next to sneezing. It's actually it actually when you yell, it aerosolizes more of your guts out into the air than um, than sneezing. And hearing that just made me think that there's just no way that unless you are going to put 5,000 people and and literally have cones of silence <laughs> hanging down around them with about an eight-foot radius, I, I just don't see how you can safely put people in the stands. Now, maybe we can somehow pull off fielding a team although that's going to get really interesting because when one team has somebody test positive that's going to screw up 10 other team schedules but I, I i just don't see how we pull this off um but you guys i don't know fight me <laughs> <laughs> because there's billions of dollars at stake yeah i got that well, there you go. That's your answer right there. But, you know, money trumps everything. It probably Everybody does. Everybody saw the videos at the Lake of the Ozarks with all the people in the pools and all the people squished around each other. Well, down at the Lake of the Ozarks, I think COVID-19 is about the 10th worst thing you could catch in that water. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
probably. Have you ever been there before? It's oh. where I learned to water ski. Yeah, Party Cove. The water's like iridescent. Um, it was pretty nice when I was there, but that was like 35 years ago. So, yeah, it was, I was there what two years ago in the summer of 18. That's where I sustained this fantastic injury to my hand. <laughs> don't know. Put that away. <laughs> yeah. That was a, it. Was, it was a two part injury. First part came when I dropped a loaded barbell on it at the gym, and then the displaced fracture came when I was on a boat at the Lake of the Ozarks two days later. Yeah. For those at home who can't see this, uh, one of Rob's fingers is off. It's, it's, it's it like, bends in the wrong that's direction. Like, that, that's that's it. At like when I'm like flexing it to be straight, and then when I just relax it. Yeah. You know what it is? He actually has a finger that's running a fly route. <laughs> uh, this, well, if the center right looks like. here, it's a post, post route. If the right center's over right. here, it's a flag route. Yeah. <laughs> Let's just say. Uh, <laughs> He'll never be able to give you the finger, or you'll no. never be able to tell that he's giving you the finger. There we go. It'll look a little funny. This was always my good one to do for the morning commute on I eighty into UNO. Driving, someone cuts me off. I get around them, you know, flipping that one. Now it's just—I mean, they're probably repulsed by it now. I'm not even mad. You, you should—you should throw them like throw them the broken finger. Or, or, you know, like the odd-looking finger just to throw them off their game and maybe they'll run into a light pole or something. <laughs> so, so I got blocked by a number of Iowa fans this week. I Good can't man. imagine. Because of, uh, because of some I, – I, I really don't even know why. Um, <laughs> they're sensitive about this. So the sellout streak. So, oh. so how does – Obviously, the one thing that I think we can all agree on is that they are not. We are not going to fill Memorial Stadium to capacity seven times this season. So, so I, I was, I've been thinking about though. How do that we calculate well. that? I think you still have a sellout, even if you have. Let's say they do half capacity. Maybe they don't even do that much. Maybe they do a third capacity. Well, if they only sell thirty, or they only open up thirty thousand tickets, and thirty thousand tickets are sold, that's still considered a sellout, right? It's not considered yes. a capacity. It's just considered a sellout. Are we oh. sure? Is there like, does the, does the NCAA Bill have a definition of a sellout? Yeah, yeah. selling all the tickets, selling all the available tickets. Yeah. I think so, that if you talk to, if you talk to like a concert promoter, they consider a sellout 90%. I don't know. I, I will say this. People take this to all sorts of extremes that, oh, my God, there's an empty seat there. There wasn't a sellout just because they want to bitch about stuff. Uh, the well, here, here's the thing. I think Iowa fans are more obsessed with the sellout than Nebraska fans are. Well, yeah, definitely, because Kinnick is just about the same size as the Memorial Stadium, or at least it was before we added a couple thousand extra seats. Yeah, I think, um, I think but they sell new it out maybe twice seven. per year. So it's not a bad stadium. That's about the nicest thing I'll ever say about Iowa. Like easy in and out. Kinnick's capacity is sixty nine thousand two hundred and fifty. Thought it was seventy nine thousand. That's impressive. Okay, no, I thought it was around seventy. Okay, I think Wisconsin's is close to ours. I think. Mm-hmm. I would, would. Of course, they have to copy us. And every two you know, years, Kinnick is sold out when Nebraska visits, right? 
Probably, and probably State. Nebraska State. and someone out of the East division. And Iowa State. And typically Mich- it, Michigan or Ohio State, um, whichever one of those is in town, will sell out. Or Penn um, State. Penn State, yeah. Camp Rams um, at 80,000. Those fans will travel. See, my fear was that there was some kind of official um, definition of a sellout, which is to say, like, you know, you you actually have ticket sales for the capacity of the stadium, because that's kind of the way Nebraska has always looked at it. Hey, we, you know, our our official capacity is ninety two thousand. We sold ninety two thousand tickets. Now, honestly, there's usually two or more thousand than that in in the stadium, but um, but they that's how many we sold. Um, I don't know. It, it's it's going to be interesting to see. Personally, I think that we should just not count this year and just put an asterisk by it and say, yeah, it was a weird year. I agree with that. I agree with um, that, too. No, you know, like, because I, I think no matter what we end up, how the season starts, that I think there's a good, I think it seems to me unlikely that, that we'll get to the point that we're playing bowl games at the end of the season, especially if we've got universities that are planning to, to empty out the the campus before Thanksgiving in anticipation of of the virus coming back. It's going to be tough to justify um, bringing hundreds of thousands of of people together in stadiums if we're not having if we've emptied out colleges intentionally early. We also got to look at bowl games from the standpoint of what kind of revenue are they going to take in, what people are going to travel and what kind of sponsors are still even going to be there. By the yeah. end of the, you know, I mean, it costs millions of dollars to run a, a, a bowl, just a basic bowl game. Will that money even be there to pull it off? You know, that's another thing. I don't think anybody's even talked about. You know, there's what 48 bowl games right now. How many of those are going to survive this? Half. You, you know what I mean? Even the brands that are sponsoring it. Yeah. No, yeah. That, that, I mean, like, do you have the sponsors in the first place, followed by? With all that drop in revenue, will a bowl even last? Like, will El Paso have a bowl? In two yeah, years? will the will the Cherry Bundy Tart Cherry Boca Raton Bowl? <laughs> yeah, I mean, Idaho I mean, Potato like, Bowl. The big ones will. The big ones will be fine. The rose, orange, sugar, you name it, they'll be fine. They'll have the backing. But you get a lot of these random bowls. They, you know, they get a MAC team and a Conference USA team. They're not going to survive. Is my <laughs> you had a bowl not because of bad weather, right? Yeah, Boise State and some Boston College was it? Yeah, something like that. What's well, the I game mean, in think, what? What's the game in Detroit? The Quick Lane Bowl, Woodhouse that, Quick Lane Bowl, Motor City Bowl. That's a that's a Mac that's a Mac team bowl. So so and, and Big Ten and Big Ten. From uh, from my perspective, less bowl games is good. Fewer. Uh, Fewer. I Fewer. used to I think, think that yeah. until I always caught myself watching every single one yep. I could. Yes, exactly. Uh, who's got that kind of time? College football. December 11th, I'm watching the University of Ohio play Houston. I don't care. I'll watch it. <laughs> it was only until the past two years where I started not to want to watch bowl games because it just reminded me of the, uh, the sadness of Nebraska not being in a bowl game. <laughs> Three years in a row, man. It's when all going to change. Bowl games don't matter anymore. I always say, wait till your team doesn't go for three years. Well, that you know, if you, if you wa- ball to everything. 
Well, you always got to take it down to the the sadness, hoss. Well, that I'm the I'm the harbinger of sadness on this episode. So it it is important to note, um, joking aside, that you know you know again this is as we're coming to the the end. Um, we are going to miss you because not only do you, yeah, I I've, I finished my beer. You're welcome. Um, yeah, I did too. I'm <laughs> drinking water. Yeah. Water overrated, um, but for a long time you've been known as the X's and O's guy on Coronation. Uh, but at least over on the the podcast, you have brought uh, a certain level of I'm going to say spunk and some cynicism, and uh, and and that's you know that's a nice balance because I'm always Captain uh, Optimism, and John is. Uh, you know, the guy who's old enough to have seen it and done it all. So from that standpoint, we're going to have, I'm not sure if, if the shoes are going to be refilled, especially right away. Cause it might take some time. Can I, can I make a recommendation for oh, a replacement? Oh God. Yes. Evan Weeby. <laughs> Weeby, come on down, man. People want to people want to hear a podcast where I spend an hour screaming at Evan. That's really what you want us to have, isn't it? John, I would pay good money for that. <laughs> yeah, I think that's exactly what people want to listen to. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Yes. Absolutely. You you, lo- you lose the X's and O's analysis, but you gain just good humor. I vote yes. <laughs> well, as as one of the hosts of the I Five Heart podcast. podcast, what Patrick? Thank God I got my own podcast, right? <laughs> <laughs> and and as one of the one of the co hosts, uh, I I do get a pretty sizable vote. You know, I, I'm like a majority shareholder here, so uh, that there may be auditions. Is all I can say. Um, <laughs> But uh, we we have been given the notification from Zoom that we are in our final 10 minutes because I'm poor and can't afford to upgrade to Zoom Pro. Um, we're just going to go around the table real quick uh, to our, our, our guests uh, who are joining us to kind of say, give a few remarks about Haas. Uh, Nate, because geographically you are farthest away, um, you get to go first. Oh yeah, thanks. So I think when you first came in, like uh, you always brought the entertainment to the Slack chat. It was always, always uh, fun to hear about your uh, troubles with the ladies or successes. <laughs> That's up for debate. Um, yeah, you know, it was always good to have you around, and it's, you always had a lot of good insight, and it was always kind of good to pick your brain about different stuff. Yeah, yeah, it, was, it's, it sucks that you're gonna go, but it seems like you're on to. I'm sure you're going to have a loss of success wherever you go. And yeah, best of luck, Hoss. Thanks, Nate. Thanks. I appreciate the kind words. <laughs> a lot of irreverent humor to the uh, CN after dark. Uh, and, yeah. and, and the good news is, even though you're not on coordination of the Five Heart Podcast, until John says so, I'm pretty sure you still have access to the Slack chat room. So you do have the benefit of hopping in those uh, hashtag CN Slack after dark. Uh, Patrick, you're up next. 
Um, I'm sure everybody will wax poetic about your articles that you put out, especially in regards to the offenses, the defenses that we've had historically at Nebraska through multiple coaches, multiple offensive coordinators. You broke them down beautifully. Uh, I'll personally miss all uh, the stories you told, especially, you know, UNO softball. Never knew much about them before you came on board. It's, it, that, that, those are great stories. And <laughs> top of that, it's it's. Uh, I will miss having a uh, fellow lifter on uh, coordination. So it was good to have you on here. Thanks, man. Hey, what's your uh, what's your bench up to these days? My bench, my bench. I quit counting bench seven years ago, dude. Good man, good man. I, I'm totally towards squat now. Yeah, bench is just something I do to pass the time. Yeah, exactly. All right, I, I can only buy so many dress shirts, man. <laughs> Yeah, the, the neck, the shoulders, yeah. Yep. Totally get it. All right, Paul. Um uh I I hope that uh whenever I get around to actually writing something that it is as as detailed and authoritative and um uh I I, I hope that folks eventually look at what I do as 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 being as good and as knowledgeable as as yours is or conversely if that's all bullshit and you just have us all snowed then i would be perfectly fine with that as well um but i'm going to tell you haas i've never actually read anything that you've written all the way to the end because it is so dense with with x's and o's and that is absolutely not my forte (laughs) Uh, you seem to be really good at, at the stuff that happens before the play. Mm-hmm. I can break it down afterwards, but you have a gift and an ability to to see the field in a way that almost nobody does. And man, we're just really going to miss you. I, I I can't see I can't see coordination ever really replacing that. Um, because I've never seen that ability in anyone else. So I I am certain that you're going to make a a a good solid career. Jill. Although being able to bullshit people is <laughs> come in handy too. Jill. Thank you, Paul. I learned that as a consultant. Sometimes you just got to give them the old uh, snow job. Yeah. Confidence that, that, and and an, and an ability to bullshit will will go a long, long way. John's nodding his head. <laughs> that basically describes my student teaching experience. Yep. Anyway, so yep. that's what I gotta say. Thank you, Paul. Yeah, I'll Getting just throw the- in that uh I'm I, I love reading. I learned a lot from your articles. And I'm also I, I've also enjoyed you were such an optimist when you first joined CM. Yeah. We beat it out of him. I think that's yeah. what you're saying. Yeah, I don't think we did. I think Husker football. I think Mike Riley did, but the Minnesota um, game in 2017. Part of my soul. I, I I noticed a marked change in you, Haas. You have you have come to earth as a realist. So welcome welcome to our world and enjoy graduate school. That was my favorite part of my entire educational life is graduate school. So enjoy it. Thank you. I, I've heard a lot of people say the same thing too. You know that they're like, grad school is better than undergrad. Enjoy it. I'm like, who knows? Like, thesis is already waiting to be written. 
All right, so we have one last-minute addition to uh, the show. Nate McHugh joined us just a, a moment ago. Nate, uh, you missed the bulk of the show, but you're here for the most important part. We've been doing just a quick roundtable. We're all sending off Hoss. Uh, you're uh, obviously welcome to come back on the show anytime, but right now we just got to keep it short, and you got to tell us well, all what you're going to miss about Hoss the most, aside from his dashing smile. <clears throat> well, actually, uh, Hoss is the only one who's ever – um, actually been to my law office. He's uh, visited me. He's the only one who ever uh, needed to. Yeah, actually, and I'm going to violate some attorney. So I call him counselor. Yep. I'm going to violate some attorney client privilege here. He actually hired me to review a contract. He was going to write um, the next, uh, I think it was Team Umizumi movie, I think. <laughs> yeah. um, <laughs> it's my secret hobby. Yeah, and uh, my little pink pony or whatever, and uh, so I reviewed those contracts for him, and he's he's that's in the works. So how awesome uh, I paying for grad school? Yep, and so if you ever want to, you know, if if you see a team Umizumi football episode, that's going to be Haas. So uh, no, um. I wish I could hear everyone else what what everyone else said. I've been oh, you can when you uh, download and listen to the show. Yes, you are a professional, Greg. I mean, you're. <laughs> uh, no, I would say that Haas was very. Uh, when I was new, he was. Uh, uh, he was one of the first on to kind of welcome me as far as back and forth. And uh, did I learn a lot from his articles? Uh, yeah, I did. I also learned that I did not know a lot. Um, if that makes sense. That's how, that's how I, I feel every time I break down film. Yeah, it's like, man, there is a lot I do not know, and but I'm learning a little bit here. So uh, that was great for, you know, Haas is great. He's obviously well-respected by a lot of other people outside of coordination, you know, who, uh, you know, like Chaz from SoCal, who, you know, seems to hit up uh, Haas, you know, every day about a, a film clip and, uh you know, so that's that's great for him. So, uh, I mean, so did we talk about what he's actually going to do yet? Because I have no idea. Yes. I mean, okay. Yeah, and, and, well, and, and we got a minute left, so, you know. Oh, oh, we have the radio segment. Or, okay, uh, was the, there a commercial the, the break here coming up? The, or? the Zoom meeting ends yeah. in one minute. Okay, never mind then. Go ahead. Greg, take it off. I don't care. Or Haas. Well, uh, so... John and I have already spoken our piece. Uh, Haas, again, as we mentioned at the top of the show, and uh, to fill you in, Nate, uh, is uh, accepted to the uh, grad program at University of Nebraska-Lincoln, where he hopes to uh, you know, eventually become a, a college football coach, and we have all the faith in the world in him because he's just that good. He's uh, uh, just that knowledgeable and just that gosh darn likable. Uh, so this is it. Haas, we're going to miss you, buddy. And uh, we're going to end the show the way we end every show, with uh, Haas having the final words for myself, Greg Mahochko, for John Dam Johnston, our founder and fearless leader, and for Haas Reuter for the final time. We remind you this week and every week that five heart is all the heart you need. John? Go Big Red, and I am not going to say goodbye to Haas because uh, nobody ever really leaves Cornell. Let's do this over again. What? You paused too long for the Go Big Red. I paused? Yeah. 
right. Here now, now you're a fucking critic. <laughs> last one, you're a critic. Hey, last one. I just want to go out on a high note. All right. Okay, fine. Five heart is all the heart you need. John? Go, Big Red. <laughs> Win the damn game. And I'll take with me the memory to be my sunshine after the Hard to say goodbye to yesterday.